Aloha, people of God. This is your brother, Mike Dillard, coming at you live and direct from Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome to Fully Submitted with Brother Mike. Today's episode, man, today's episode. You want to hear today's episode, all right? This is, as I always say, a live and dynamic podcast, right? So wherever the message comes up, that's what I'm putting it down. Wherever I get it, that's where I spit it. So let's hit it. So right now I'm driving on Hawaii. I'm driving over to the North Shore. You know, I just washed my car a couple days ago. The car, the, the whip was looking nice, I gotta say. It was clean. But what happened? Today I went to one of my favorite diners to eat while I worked on some contracts and paperwork and whatnot. When I came outside, you already know what happened. The birds lit my car up. See, if it had just been like one little poop, I probably would have left it. Maybe even two. But as like they, it's like they did their best to coat, coat my car with their poop. So <laughs> it doesn't matter that I just paid money to wash it. I'm like, man, when I get home, I'ma wash my ride. I waxed it the whole night. I mean, this car is looking good. It's looking good. It's looking better than you know I paid for. It. I'ma start keeping my money and just do it myself, honestly. So maybe them birds actually did me a favor. But anyway, I digress. So I'm driving right now over to the North Shore because, you know, after a long day at work, I like to put beauty in front of me. So uh, I love the North Shore. It's just beautiful, right? So I said I drive out here. But as I was driving, some things occurred to me. I was thinking about, um, I'm not even going to say the this singer's name, but this is a, a very popular gospel singer. It's a man who actually doesn't sing, but produces. He's like a super producer. So you probably know who he is, but I'm not gonna say his name. But the point is this, I am gonna say his name, Kirk Franklin, <laughs> I would say his name, right? So I was thinking about Kirk Franklin because over the years, you know, in recent times, like Kirk Franklin, I kind of been, he kind of veered off the mark, right? He's still making music, but I mean, it's different. You know, his music is different, right? So. At some point, I said, I don't know what's going on with Kirk. I'm done, right? I'm not listening to his music anymore because he's off the mark. He's off track. But I, and I was thinking today, I was just praying for him. He passed, he crossed my mind, and I said, let me pray for this man, right? Because see, just because somebody is a celebrity doesn't mean that they don't need prayer. They need as much prayer as you and I need, if not more, right? Maybe even more. Um, but I was praying. I was praying for grace for the man, right? Because I was thinking, I'm like, you know what? When we see these celebrities that are Christians and they say they're Christians, you know, we want to be all happy, happy about them. You know, and it's like, hey, you know, we want to rep their name because it's like, hey, they're Christians. Hey, right. We're Christians. They're Christians. Right. And we're happy about it. But then when we see that they're not living right or, you know, they're sinning their life or whatnot, you know, we want to drop them like a hot potato. And I understand that because I'm right there with you. But I'm learning, right, about grace. Like, as I, as I walk through my life and I see things that I'm doing, I'm like, man, I really thought I was on point on this. Thank you, Jesus, that I had somebody in my life, you know, at least one or two people that are connected with the Lord and was talking right to me. You know how they say, you talking right? They was talking right to me, right? They wasn't telling me a bunch of nonsense. They was telling me, like, hey, Mike, Mm, you know, you need to check yourself, right? 
So, you know, get to the Lord. I don't know about, I don't know about this and that I heard you say recently. I, I don't know about, you know, the way you're doing so-and-so, right? And thank God for people like that. And again, I really only have, technically I have three people. I have three people like that in my life, which is a huge blessing. I mean, if you only get one, I heard it say, if you get one good friend in life, you're blessed. And you know, that, that, that's a nice worldly saying, but here's the thing, you know, what is a friend? I, I, I always told uh, my youngest daughter when she was interning with me about friends, right? A friend is a, it's a shallow thing. It really is. It, it is at best. It's a shallow thing. Now, I know some of you are listening and say, no, 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 You know, my friend would stick with me. You know that I, I've been through, you know, hell and hot water. My friend was there. But the Bible says there's one that's closer than a brother, closer than a friend, right? And the thing is, you know, it's not so much that you want a friend. That's what I learned, right? I need a brother in Christ. You know what I'm saying? Or a sister in Christ, right? Someone that knows the Lord. Someone that knows his laws. Someone that knows and is familiar with his ways, right? Someone that knows how to pray. Fervent, effectual prayer. See, that's what I need. I don't need a friend. Come on. Right? It's overrated. I'm just going to tell you, right? Having a friend is overrated. Do you have a brother in Christ that will go to war with you? That will go to war for you? Do you have a sister in Christ that will go to war with you? That will go to war for you? See, that's what we need. Because if you have a friend, you know, but that friend doesn't know the Lord and that friend doesn't know the Lord's ways and that friend does not know how to fast and pray and, and fervently effectual pray, pray for you, guess what? That friend, they're going to be like Job's friends, right? They're going to be like Job's friends, meaning well, but they can't really get to the root of the issue. They can't really bring comfort and solace. They can't because they don't know how to do it. Right? They don't know how to do that. They don't know how to do that. Okay? They don't know. They don't know how to do it because they're only a friend. They're not a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ. And I, I'm very specific in this and saying in Christ because, see, just because you have a, a genetic brother or a genetic sister, in other words, someone connected to your bloodline, someone that came through the same mother and father as you, that don't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything, right? Because when the devil comes after you, when the demons come after you, and you're in that storm and they're attacking you, guess what? Those people, their, their friendship doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Why? They mean well and they want to help you, but they lack the sheer weaponry and superior firepower, right, from the heavens, they lack what they need, and, and they don't even know that they could possibly have, they have no idea, they're totally oblivious to the spirit realm anyway, so they can't help you, okay, see, I hadn't even planned on going here, but this is what's coming up, so that's what I'm putting it down, right, hey, they can't help you, right, don't put so much stock in your friends and your friendships, okay? And you bending over backwards to try and keep a friend in your life. Or, because it's always going to come down to this, 
it, there's no way around it, right? If you're hanging with ungodly people and you're a child of God, the time is going to come when you must choose. There's just no way around it. And it'll probably, it's going to keep coming up. So you might blow it off the first time, a couple years later, it comes up again, right? And you keep choosing the friends. At some point, it's going to get to a, it's going to get to a place where you really going to get checked. Okay, spiritually, like, hey, it's going to be so obvious you cannot keep ignoring what is going on, right? You will need to choose. And that doesn't mean that you can't love these people and this, that, that, but you got to understand, right? Hey, you are in Christ. You belong to Christ. You are in the body of Christ. And these, and if these people are not in the body of Christ, they don't belong to Christ. They don't understand. They belong to the world, right? And we always choose Christ. And we always choose the body of Christ. The scripture talks about giving preferential treatment to God's people. God's people, right? So it may be somebody that in your flesh you might not hang out with. In your flesh, you may not say nothing. But you know what? We are united through one spirit. One spirit, right? One God. One spirit, right? One faith the Bible talks about, right? And so you give preferential treatment. If you see a Christian on the job, don't, you know, but it looks like somebody you wouldn't ordinarily hang with. Come on, don't be like that. Let's God send, you know, let's God send, uh, you know, someone uh, up more upright than you that's going to rebuke you to your face. Right? Like Paul did when he went to visit, uh, you know, the apostles and he saw Peter doing some nonsense. Right? He He's sitting over there. He's sitting over there with the Jews, but he, he didn't want to sit by the uncircumcised, right? And the Bible says Paul rebuked him to his face. That's Peter, who was reputed to be a pillar, as Paul said, right? Paul didn't pay him no, no matter mind, right? You a man just like me. You're reputed to be a godly man, but you're doing some nonsense. He rebuked him, right? Why are you acting like, why are you acting like that? Stop it. You know, you're in the body of Christ. Stop it. Right? So, right? Make sure you're looking out for God's people. Make sure you're looking out for God's people. Now, here's a story. Right? It's a backstory. It's so funny how the Holy, how Holy Spirit does this, right? And I've heard ministers say this before. And uh, now I understand. Like, I come on with a particular uh, uh, topic in mind, which I know at some point, Holy Spirit is going to allow me to get to that, but this this is what he wants to talk about first. So it's coming up now. When I was on one of the submarines, I wasn't very high in rank. I think I was a E5 at the most. That's not very high rank. So I remember I was going, I had just got done eating. I used to always go in and eat last, right? Because one, I work long, and then two, I like to eat, so, you know, on a submarine, if you get in there kind of early, you kind of got to eat your food and leave, right? Because you have to make room for the other people that are coming in there. So it's like you eat and then leave and they cycle more people through. But if you come in there last, oh man, you could just kind of sit for a while and eat as much food as you want, which is great. On a submarine, that's a big deal. Food is a big deal on a submarine, let me tell you, okay? Food and goodies. But anyway, so... I remember I was in there eating and, you know, 
everybody new to the submarine gets a gets an opportunity to be a servant they do right and this is a good thing so basically you get a chance to be what they call a, an fsa a food service attendant right or the slang is crank we call him a crank eh, he's a crank right um but but anyway it's a food service attendant so everybody does this like unless you're you know a really high rank but like someone that's new to a submarine this this is what gets the crew used to you know they they get used to you and you get used to them right because you know you come on and it's in a very humbling position you know you have to serve these people food get them their drinks you know you clean up after them and everything and you know the crew is thankful right we're like hey thanks a lot you know for cleaning up thank you so much and this and that right it it kind of endears you to the crew right it's a good thing so then you get to see okay well you know what yeah bobby you know bobby's a good nature guy he's a good guy you know that's he's a good guy we'll help him out right so it, it weeds you know it, it's a good thing okay it's a good thing it's not hazing it's a good thing but anyway so i was eating and there was this food service attendant in there that i used to talk to i still remember his name i'm not going to say this person's name but even though this is probably like 15 years ago i remember this guy's name right i can see him in my mind right now while i'm talking and this was one of these people where you know some people mentally are just much quicker than other people right it doesn't mean like you know they have like a mental issue it's just hey that's the way that god created them that their brain just doesn't work as quickly as maybe your brain so this person was like that he was intelligent enough to get accepted on submarines right because you just can't be any old body and get accepted on on a submarine you just can't be right um so but comparatively speaking it seemed as though his mind worked a lot slower than everybody else i'll put it like that um and so sometimes people would pick on this guy now i know he was a christian because i used to talk to him from time to time you know i'm an i'm an evangelist i encourage people and i exhort that's what god created me to do that's what i do so i remember seeing him and he was just he was broken he was just like you could tell he was crying but he was trying not to cry right you know it's a submarine full of men you know you, you don't want to be sitting up crying in front of men right but i was like yo bro what's what's up man he's like nothing nothing you know he tried to wipe i said come on man i know you like what's going on with you what's up he said oh you know then he starts telling me oh so and so you know he was picking on me and doing this and doing now this was like clear hazing what this other person did right it was demeaning him putting him down really trying to make him feel bad and just i mean it was it was nasty what this person had did and i knew the person that he was talking about so and it didn't surprise me this was someone that was in a more senior capacity he wasn't all the way up there but he was you know he was a hot shot he was he was making his rounds and moving up the ranks and he was very arrogant and he was kind of a real big muscular dude too that's another thing right so very arrogant very abrasive and he was a, a muscular dude so at that time i wasn't a muscular dude i was very young and i was <laughs> i was kind of skinny i was kind of skinny back then and i remember when he said that you know he told me what happened i encouraged him and i said listen basically nobody has the right to treat you like that okay nobody right you're a good guy you know jesus loves you you know bro i love you and don't even sweat it right i want you to go and let your let your chief know what happened right i want you to let your chief know what's happened because 
you know, that can't be tolerated. He's not going to get away with this. I said, if I need to, I will testify also, right? So that's what he did. He went and he told his supervisor. His supervisor wrote this other person up. You know, it's like you, he put him on report. So this, this guy's going to get in trouble. Now, this guy, like I said, was moving up the ranks. So he can't afford to get in trouble because if he gets in trouble, oh, he's not going to move up the ranks. It's going to take him years, right? So all the hard work he did, it's going to be for nothing. So what happened when the word got out, you know, somehow they found out that I was going to testify and they knew that I was a Christian. And so I didn't act like everybody else on the submarine. I just, everybody, every boat I went on, everybody knows that, right? Don't expect me to act like everybody else because I'm not, because I'm a child of God, right? I'm go, I think differently. I respond differently. I am different. God created me to be different. And that's how I am. I'm not of the world. I'm in the world but I'm not of the world. So what happened was on a submarine, I've never seen this happen, but I've heard stories about it. Like back in the day, they have these things called blanket parties, like where they put, you've probably seen it in a movie, like where they get their blankets or a pillow slip, you know, and they put bars of soap in there and kind of everybody, you know, surprises somebody at night in the dark. And then they start beating them with these blankets with soap in it, you know, it's soap. You think soap's not a hard thing, but if it's a, a, a brand new bar of soap and it's wrapped up in something, the soap's not going to break. I mean, it, it will cause damage to you, right? It's, it would be very painful. So I started hearing people in the crew and they're like, oh, Dillard, you know what? You're going to get a blanket party, dude. <laughs> you, you better back down. You better back down. Otherwise, you're going to get a blanket party, right? And so I remember praying and I was, I was scared. I'm not going to lie. I was scared. And I was like, Lord, you know, I know you want me to stand up for what's right. And you know what that dude did to so-and-so that's not right. You know? And that was his, that was, he's a Christian. I'm like, Lord, I, I, I have to stand up for this guy. Right. You know, God, you hear what they're saying. They talking about the blanket party. God, please don't let that happen. Right. I stand for you. I represent you on this boat, please. Right. And I remember one day I was walking through an area where you sleep. We call it birthing. I was walking this multiple birthing areas, but this particular one led right to the main bathroom, which we call a head, the head. And, uh, you know, where you take your shower or whatever. And I remember I stopped at I, I wasn't even at my bed. No, no, no. I did. I was back. My bed was back there. So I walked through. I went to my bed to get something. And then next thing I know, this big dude posted up on me. And he is like, Dillard, you know, man, you know, I hear that you're going to testify. You know what I mean? It was straight up the devil. I hear that you're going to testify against me, right? And the dude's all swole up, right? He's a big dude, right? He's mad. His face is all red. You know what I think? I think you didn't see anything. He was trying to flex. I think you didn't see anything, buddy. Yeah, you didn't see anything. And I said, the Lord rebuke you. I said, in Jesus' name, I am not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you. The Lord rebuke you and that devil. I'm not afraid of you. You cannot hurt me. The Lord Jesus rebuke you. I will. I did see it. And I am going to talk. And you cannot scare me. I'm a child of God and you don't scare me. You need to be scared of my God. Right? He kind of looked at me and then he walked off. Right? So the long and the short of it is, we got to this, what they call NJP, non-judicial punishment. It's like a court, it's like a courtroom, right? 
So the area where the officers all meet and they eat and have their stuff is called a wardroom, right? It's not a boardroom like in an office building. It, it serves the same function, but on a ship it's called the wardroom, okay? So when we have these court cases, you know, they put a green tablecloth on that table. That is the only reason the green tablecloth comes out, you know, for this court case. So, you know, all of the people that were supporting this dude, you know, they're all senior people in high positions. And then it's just me. Now, I was the only person. It may have been like 10. I'm not even exaggerating. It may have been like 10 people. Nah, nah, nah. It probably was like five or six people, honestly, total that was supporting this guy. Right. And so they all testified. And they were like, yeah, this guy is great. He didn't do it. Blah, 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 blah. And then the captain called me and he was like, Petty Officer Dillard, you know, what do you have to say about this? And I basically told him, I said, Captain, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you the truth. I said, for the most part, I have a photogenic memory. I said, I remember exactly where I was sitting, exactly what I was eating, exactly what happened. And this is what happened. And I just gave it word for word. And I said, and uh, and I've been threatened and everything else so that I would change my mind and not come in here and speak. But I'm going to do what's right because I'm a Christian and uh, I'm not afraid of them, Right. So I said that. And then, you know, the captain gets a chance. He's like the judge, right? He's in charge of the submarine. He's like the judge in this case. So he looks over all the information and then he takes, you know, a couple moments to deliberate. And then he calls everybody back in. So he called everybody back in. And what happened was, was interesting. He rebuked every single one of them to their face. And he said, you know what? You all should be ashamed of yourselves. You're standing here in front of me and you're all lying. I said, he said, I could just break you all down right now. I could bust all you down another, another stripe or a pay grade or whatever. You know, for the people that are chief petty officers, it's not as easy for him to take a stripe. But he is like, I still have ways to, to make your life hell too, right? Basically, he said, you all lied. Shame on you, right? What this guy did was wrong and he's going to pay for it. And then he looked at me. He said, Petty Officer Dillard, what you did was very courageous. He said, uh, I wish I had more sailors like you. The fleet would be a better place. Dismissed, right? Years later, God gave me a favor to me. He remembered. But my point is this, right? That guy, that Christian, he wasn't necessarily somebody that I would hang out with, okay? But he was my brother in Christ. He is a child of God, right? And I had to choose. Was I going to choose to side with the world who was bowing down and, and scared? You know, the, the world was represented in this case by those people on the submarine and that, you know, big muscle bound dude that was, you know, that was terrorizing people and whatnot that had threatened me. Right. Was I going to bow down and uh, acquiesce to that dude and let him get away with the evil that he did and not stand up for my brother in Christ? Or was I going to do the right and the righteous thing? Right. And so I chose. And so, you know, there's times, many times when the Lord will speak right through somebody and you know, that's the Lord speaking. Right. So, you know, when the captain, after he rebuked all of them, <laughs> every single last one of them. Right. And then he turned and he encouraged me. I mean, I knew that was the Lord telling me like, good job. Good job, son. I'm, I'm proud of you. Right. I was just so pleased. Right. You know, the situation was over. It was behind me. I did the right and the righteous thing because the world will say do the right thing. But it's not about doing the right thing. It's about doing the righteous thing. Right. 
And sometimes doing the right thing doesn't always line up with what is the righteous thing. In this case, I did the right and the righteous thing, right? And, uh, you know, and the Lord commended me for it through the captain. And uh, years later, that favor would pay off when I was going up for a promotion and I was missing like 1.5 advancement points. I went to that man who was now, he wasn't an admiral, he was a commodore now. He was way up. And he remembered me and God gave me favor. And this man blessed me and helped me, you know, to, um, you know, basically help me to get advanced. So you never know how the Lord is going to bring things about when you stand up for what is righteous, right? And you stand up for God's people because the Bible says what you do to the least of them, you do to the Lord. Okay? So remember, it's not about friends it's about your family in Christ, right? And the Bible talks about how the Lord will divide families. You know, he'll divide brother against brother, right? Or, you know, it, it's, it's like that, right? Because the gospel is going to cause a division. If you're not for Christ, then you're against Christ. Those demons, there's no middle ground, right? So if you're not in Christ, then demons have access to you, right? If your friends are not in Christ, then they are open vessels for demons to use. And they will be used. Make no doubt about that. They will be used, right? No matter how much you think these people love you, they have no power over demons. When those, when those, when those things uh, rise up to influence them, they will obey. They won't realize it's a demon, you know, influence them. They're just going to have a thought and think it's their thought and do whatever, right? So anyway, remember, choose Christ, right? Choose Christ. Don't choose your friends over Christ, right? Because you will be tested. The Lord's going to test you. There's no way around that, right? To see how much you really love him. What are you going to choose? Are you going to choose your flesh or are you going to choose Christ? All right? So keep that in mind. All right. Now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, for the message that I, that I thought I was coming on here for, right? So, <laughs> I'm going to entitle this one, uh, The Danger, Beware the Danger of the Identity Trap. Okay? Beware the Danger of the Identity Trap. All right? And this came out of what I was thinking about Kirk Franklin earlier, okay? Just got to be just got to be transparent. So, let's go to the scripture. All right, let's go to the scripture and then we shall commence. All right, bear with me, bear with me. So, we're in Galatians 2. Okay? Galatians 2 verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the scripture, right? Galatians 2 verse 20. So, you know, it's, it's about... No longer I that live, it's Christ that liveth in me, right? He said he was crucified. He was crucified with, with Christ. In other words, I was killed. I was murdered. Yet, I live, right? I was crucified, yet I live, right? But it's no longer I that live, it's Christ that liveth in me. 
So as I was thinking about Kirk Franklin and I was looking at a parallel between my life and his life, I mean, just for the sake of compassion, right? So I could be in the right frame of heart and, you know, pray for this brother and whatnot. And I was thinking like, man, you know, hey, I know I've been, I've done things where I thought I was doing the right things or the righteous things and then came to find out, oh no, actually I was off the mark. You know, and then I got to go back, Lord, how did, how did I get off track? How, how did the enemy slip that in, right? You know, so, but we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And, you know, when we talk about wrestling, the word that's used, it, 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 it brings to mind the Greco wrestling, Greco Roman wrestling, right? Not this WWF nonsense, you know, nothing like that. But like the type of wrestling you see in the Olympics, right? The guys are moving real fast and they're flipping around and jumping around and da-da-da, right? That's that's what it is. One day you're on top of the enemy, the, other, the next, the next, in the next second, you know, oh, he done flip you over. Now he's on top of you and you're still trying feverishly to get out and you know, oh, you bucked him off of you and now you flipped him over and you got him in a headlock, right? That's, that's what this is about. That's what it is, right? So I was like, man, how, I know that I've been in some situations even recently and I thank God, like I was saying as I started that, you know, I have three people, exactly three no more, no less. That is it. Of all the people that I know and related to and everything else, there's only three people in my life, right? And only one of them I'm related to, blah, blood. Only one. That's it. And I thank God for her. <laughs> I thank God for her, right? And I thank God for my other brother and sister, whom I've mentioned before, uh, that always have my back in the spirit and whatever goes down, I know they're going to be there. They're going to rise up. Even if stuff is going on with me, they will call me and be like, oh my goodness. And they won't, I wouldn't tell them stuff was going on. Holy Spirit would just let them know what is going on with you. See, if you just have a friend, a friend can't do that. Okay. But a brother or a sister in Christ can because Holy Spirit will let them know and then they will pray for you. Okay. But anyway, so I was thinking, thank God for those people. You know, they helped me get out of the traps, you know, and I'm like, man. But what about Kirk Franklin or, or somebody in his position to where, you know, they're they're up high and, and, you know, maybe they don't have people like that around them to tell them the truth. Right. And I started thinking about identity and I was like, you know what? I think it's about the identity because see, it's harder. Like the scripture talked about, it's hard for a rich man. Right. It's harder for a rich man to enter into heaven than for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle. It's very difficult, right? And, and it's not just because the money, I think, but I think it's the identity. It's how they identify themselves, what they identify with, right? So they just can't imagine themselves being poor. Or in this example with Kirk Franklin, it's not so much about him being rich, but his identity as like, you know, this you know, multi-platinum award-winning, you know, you know, uh, Grammy award-winning artist and blah, 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 you know, and it's how people look at him. You know, he's a part of a community that sees him in a particular way. And I was praying, Lord, you know, just please help him. Even if he's got a, you know, maybe he just needs to pull away from that community and just be quiet before you, you know, kind of so he can reconnect and, you know, remember reconnect and remember you know when you dismember something you cut it off when you remember something you reattach it right so it's like
God, please help him to remember, you know, his true identity in Christ and not this pseudo identity that he's walking in right now that has him, you know, putting out a particular type of music or dressing a certain way or, you know, even dancing a certain way. And, 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 you know, uh, God help him. But anyway, that's what I got to think. And I said, it's his identity, Lord. It's, it's who he identifies as, right? And I look at me and, you know, I know the things that the Lord has promised to do in my life, but see, I'm not there yet. So on the way up, I've, I've got these people and now these relationships are solid. I know no matter what, they're going to reach out to me and I'm going to respond to them. I may not respond to anybody else because I don't know their walk, right? But these two people, oh, I know their walk. So they will, well, excuse me, these three people and that's it, three people. And uh, so they are the only ones on the planet. It doesn't matter what's going on. No matter how rich I get or successful or busy, whatever, right? These people will always be able to get through to me. Holy Spirit will always be able to use them to get through to me. Nobody else but them. You know, if he sends somebody else that's trustworthy and, you know, well, I'll see. But as of right now, it's only those three people, right? But anyway, when I look at my identity, I know that my identity is in Christ and I know what I'm here to do. And so, you know, when I do veer off those times that I veer off, it's simpler for me. I don't have very many people around me, right? And, and the few that I do, you know, those those three that I mentioned, right? You know, they help me to remember who I really am. If, you know, even for a little bit, it seems like I'm kind of forgetting who I am and might start walking in the flesh. It's, it's so simple for me to get back, you know, for, for the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit to get me back on track and remember like, hey, remember who you are, right? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord, right? But when you have somebody that's just like, you know, really up there, maybe really rich, maybe really famous, um, it may be much more challenging because they have like a whole entourage of people that's constantly feeding their flesh, you know, feeding their ego, you know, telling them who they are and how they're supposed to do and this, that, and the other. And um, that's not good. That's not good. And so these people end up staying locked. It's a trap. Thus the title, right? The dangers, was it? The danger of the identity. Beware the danger of the identity trap, right? That's a danger. So, and this happens even at a lower level, right? Hey, if you got, you know, you you know, you got a reputation on the street or whatever, you know, you're a ladies man or, you know, you're this. Or she's a strong sister. She's a strong woman. Da, 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 da. You know, that identity doesn't necessarily line up with what the Bible says. Right. That may be something that helped you when you was in the world and you learned how to walk in a particular fashion. Right. It may have helped you move through the world, but it's not helping you to move through Christ. See, what I learned is that your ego and, you know, most people, when they think ego, they say the male ego, but women have egos too, right? The ego, it, it's actually a truly, it's an evil thing. It, it is. It's like the worst, the worst part about you as a person is in your ego, right? Your flesh, your ego, your flesh, right? And that's why the Bible says that the flesh and the spirit are violently opposed to one another. And it, it, and it literally says this is why you cannot do what you want to do, right? So you know if you're a parent and you have kids, you know, sometimes you say to your kids, listen, you can't do what you want to do. 
you just don't get to do what you want to do, right? And then you learn as an adult that, yeah, you don't get to do what you want to do, right? Because you're an adult, you have responsibilities. But even more so in Christ, right? And the fact that he would literally would put it in the Bible like that, right? But he gave you the explanation first. The flesh and the spirit. The flesh is your ego, right? And the spirit of your flesh, the ego, it just, it thinks is this, is the pride of, the pride of life, right? Right? The pride, that pride of life, right? Um, it, it's, it's diametrically opposed to Holy Spirit. And they're violently opposed to one another. Your flesh don't want nothing to do with Holy Spirit, with things that are holy. My flesh doesn't want to do it, right? I have to beat my flesh down like Paul says, right? You have to beat your flesh down because naturally your flesh doesn't want anything to do with God. It does not. The flesh, whatever the sins of the flesh you have, that's what your flesh wants to do. And it can never get enough. It can never get enough of that sin. It would literally would lead you to your death. And it will keep trying to keep sinning all the way until you're fully consumed, like the Bible talks about, right? Sin, when it is fully grown, it leads to death. Your, your flesh will just keep trying to do it because that's what the flesh does. It never gets enough of, of the things that it's lusting after. Not ever, okay? So you have to remember this, right? Your identity is not your ego. I remember when I was married, my, my ex-wife, she would tell me, God bless her soul. She's still a wonderful person. Uh, she is a wonderful person. We're business partners and we still get along great. Um, but she had told me one time, actually more than once, right? That your ego, Mike. <laughs> She's like, man, your ego. Like, you know, oh man, you're, you know, in Christ, you're a wonderful person. But like that ego, ooh, that is like the worst thing ever. Oh, I can't stand it when you walking in that ego. And you know, and I had to think about it. And I was like, dad, she's right. She's right. You know, may not have liked it at first. Who she thinks she's talking to? But when I pulled back and thought about it, I was like, man, she's right. Oh, snap. She's right. I'm in my flesh. And I could clearly see like, you know what? Times where she may have said something to me and I received it. No problem. Right. But then when I was in the flesh, she might say the same thing to me. And now I'm all up in arms. Blah, blah, blah. Who she thinks she's talking to? Blah, blah. I'm this and I'm that. Right? Flesh. Ego. But at that time, I was identifying with the ego. Not with Holy Spirit. Not with the spirit, man. I was identifying with flesh. And thus, there was problems. And any and every time I was to step into flesh... There are problems. Always are. Right? And the same for you. That's just how it is. Okay? So, you know, I just want, I wanted to come on and encourage you all. Remember where your identity lies. Your identity is found in Christ. Uh, your identity is found in Christ. It's not found in, you know, the clothes you're wearing or, you know, whatever, how people see. No, your identity is what the Bible says. And many times... You don't feel, this is another trap, you may not feel like what the Bible is saying about you is true. That's another trap the devil gets people caught up in, right? Even mature Christians get caught up in this. Oh, I feel some type of way. But that's irrelevant. It doesn't matter what you feel. Who cares? I just got to tell you, who cares, right? What matters is Christ. What matters 
is what God said about you. And so when God says something about you, it's in the Bible. It's there. It's not going to change. He doesn't prevaricate. He doesn't change like shifting shadows. We do that. Right. Jesus is exactly where he was, exactly where he will be. He's always in the same place. He doesn't move. Right. He's fixed. Right. He's in the same place. We move according to how we feel or, you know, the circumstances or whatever. But Jesus does not move. And his word about you doesn't move. And he's not fickle like we're fickle. And his love for us, it's not fickle like a human's love, right? So the things that you think, and I'm not really going to get into this part because this is another message, but I'll say it very briefly. The things that you think, you know, uh, might disqualify you in Christ or make, you know, make Jesus mad at you or he don't love you or whatever else. You don't really understand his love, how deep and wide and vast his love is. You don't get it. You don't get it. I'll say this and now I'll get back on point. So very recently I was driving, (laughs) I was driving and I was going to Waikiki and it was as if, and the words are going to fail me. I know because (laughs) I understand now that words won't do justice, right? I've been a Christian now since I was 16. I'm 51, right? 51 now. I'm telling you, I've never, ever, ever had this happen before. Not ever. Not ever. It was like the Lord, as I was driving, it was like the Lord revealed in an instant. It was like his glory, like a snapshot of his identity, like who he was. And in the, and, and, and even in that, it was like he controlled it so that I didn't fall out for dead. You know, when the Lord shows you who he is, I mean... He's so, so much, right? So vast in the Bible. People just fell out, you know, but it was like he showed me in an instant. I just understood. It was like I was aware and I was like, oh, oh, my gosh. Like, oh, my gosh. You you know, what can you say? Just, oh, wow. (laughs) I think I just worshiped him for like an hour driving and, and like crying and trying not to cry and laughing and all this and that. And it was just. It was so much. It was so much. But in that moment, I understood like, whoa, there is, there's nothing to compare God to. You can't compare God to anything. And I also understood even the angels after being with him all this time, they don't have adequate words to describe what God is and who God is. See, the only way you can describe God is by how he told you to describe him. That's it, because he is indescribable. You can't, a finite being can't accurately describe the infinite. You can't. You just can't, right? You can't, you can't. And that's why I say, I know words fail me. I even wrote a poem after it. I was trying to put into words exactly what he showed me. And it was like in an instant. And in a sense, I kind of understood like when Moses got to see his backside, but it, it was, I'm sure it was way different for Moses, right? <laughs> way different. But like, I will never forget that. I, I've never had that experience. It was so intimate. It was so personal, so private. It was like, here, son, this is who I am. You know, just in that moment. <gasps> oh my gosh. Right? <laughs> Amazing. But anyway, so my point is one of the things I understood was like, whoa. 
oh God, I, I really didn't understand your love and how the Bible talks about like understanding, like, you know, you try to comprehend with all the saints, like how deep and how wide, it, you know, his love is. I, I get, I get what, um, I don't know if that was Peter that was, Peter or Paul that was writing it. I think it was, it was Paul. But I, I understand much more now what he was saying and why he was saying that. God's love, it's so vast. It's so, it's like God is eternity. It's like his love is eternity. It's so vast. I felt, I felt so small, you know, but I didn't feel lost. I felt so small. I was aware of, of how immensely small I was, like the smallest dust particle or moat, how small, very small I was compared to God and how vast, I can't even say huge, vast, 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 how vast he was. And again, I didn't feel lost. It wasn't scary. I felt safe. I was just in awe, like, <gasps> you just, uh, there's really no way to explain it. There's no way really to explain it. You have to experience it. <laughs> you just have to experience, right? And again, Christian, since I was 16, now I'm 51. That's never happened before. But just a few days ago, he showed me that. But now I get it. It's like, whoa, his love is so vast. So the things that you think might separate you from God, no, no, you don't understand his love, his love for you is so vast it's so vast and i'm kind of veering <laughs> i'm kind of veering but you know now this part i heard from brother eli last i heard this and this i've been meditating and that's what happened i was meditating on this in a message that i heard from uh sister courtney from a fresh word uh they're both prophets right but as I was meditating on this particular thing, you know, Brother Eli was talking about, oh, you're, you, you're foreknown. He foreknow, he foreknew you. I think that's if you look on YouTube, his his channel is called Prophetic Drive Time. Prophetic Drive Time. He's an accurate prophet, okay. And uh, Sister Courtney is also an accurate prophet, and hers is called A Fresh Word, but. On this particular message called He Foreknew You, he was talking about, like, you know, the power in God foreknowing you. And I had never heard this before, but I think it's in Romans. There's a scripture that talks about God, you know, God foreknew you. And those, and those he foreknew, those he foreknew, he justified. And those he justified, he glorified. So he was talking about like, you know, before anything was ever created, you know, the Bible says God foreknew you. In other words, he, he knew everything that you would ever do, every sinful act you would ever do against him. And even still, he said, yep, I understand that. And I choose him as my son. I choose her as my daughter. I choose. See, it, we, the Bible says we've been predestined right? To be sons of God, right? You've been predestined to be a, a daughter of God. He, in other words, he chose you. He chose you. Now you might say, well, what about the people he didn't choose? I don't know. That's above my pay grade. I don't know. I don't know. I don't get into that. I, I just push the, I believe button, but okay. I digress. The main thing is this, like, don't get caught up in that. He chose you, right? 
before anything was created, he saw every single sin that you would make and he still chose you anyway. And not only did he choose you, but see, because he chose you, then he justified you. It's like, yeah, he sinned, but I justified him. So it really is like he, he never sinned. He never sinned against me. She never sinned against me. Right. It puts you in a right standing with God. So we we have this perception that, oh, when we sin, you know, we're in this bad place with God. But no, that's not how he sees us at all. We're he sees us like he sees Jesus. Right. Even when we sin, it's like, OK, here's my son and daughter. He knows what we did, but he already knew everything that we were going to do. And he chose us anyway. And then because he chose us, he justified us. So there's a state that we walk in. It's almost as if we don't sin. Right. But we're not perfect. We are sinful beings. Right. And then on top of that, the scripture says, and those he justified, he glorified. So then he put this glory on you now i'm not saying it's like we walk around you know in jesus's glory it's not like that but there is a particular glory that has been extended to to us through christ it's on us so yeah when we come before when we come before the father we're not coming like some dirty street urchins no 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 our perception is is, is all wrong on that right it's all wrong and they're not teaching that in the church so you know, people don't know. But anyway, the reason I'm sharing this is because, right, it's about our identity, right? It's about the identity that we have in Christ and about the love. See, because Christ has this love for us, because Father has this great love for us, right? Our identity is in that. Our identity is, it's, it's a part of that. It's a part of that great love that he has for us, right? When it says that he foreknew us and he justified us and he glorified us. See that our identity is in there. And the Bible says it's no longer I that live. It's Christ that liveth in me. It's not you that live. It's Christ that liveth in you. Father sees that, right? You don't, you don't have to act some type of way so people like you. Okay, so that you fit in. You don't have to. You are already known, the Bible says. You're already known and you're loved and you're adored by Father and by Jesus and by Holy Spirit. You are already known. You have an identity. Your identity is found in Christ. And when you stop and when you understand that and you just have to accept it, that's it. You just have to accept it in the navy we call it pushing the i believe button sometimes in nuclear engineering i started off doing nuclear engineering you have to learn all these formulas many times these formulas are just so over the top they just say listen you know because you're asking all of these questions they're like listen better people than you have asked the same questions and they couldn't figure it out in other words just push the i believe button just believe that this is true and then you'll be able to figure out this equation. And you know what? It works. Okay? So that's all you have to do. You just have to push the I believe button and accept the identity that the identity that Father gave you in Jesus. That's it. And you don't let your emotions get in the way. And you don't let people, right, give you an identity. 
Oh, yeah, this is Pookie. Yeah, Pookie, you know, he always, he was always good with the ladies. Oh, yeah, you know, this is Susan. This is Lady B, you know. Oh, she was always doing this and that. No, 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 no. When I was a child, I thought like a child, right? Come on now. When I became a man, I left behind those childish things. Put those things down. Put that false identity down. You in Christ, the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Not you will. He will be. She will be. He is a new creature. It's present tense. When you come to Christ, you're a new creature. And where the devil gets Christians mixed up, even mature Christians, it's your emotions, right? Because you feel some type of way. And then because you feel some type of way, then you feel or you think that, you know, like God has changed what he said about you or his position has changed or your position has changed now in relation to what God said about you because you feel some type of way. And then you start drifting. You start making different decisions. Right. But the truth of the matter is. It's a trap. It's the danger of the identity trap. Beware the danger of the identity trap. See what I'm learning, what I'm understanding more and more and more is that you know what? It's always about the word of God. Even when I don't feel like it, even when I don't feel right, I feel some type of way. It's irrelevant. My feelings on the matter are irrelevant. They're irrelevant. And humans, we get so caught up. I have a right to feel this. I have a right to feel that. Who cares about you? You don't have no right in Christ. We gave up that right. We gave it up, man. Don't nobody care about your feelings, sis. Don't nobody care about your feelings. Come on now. Come on. We stand on the word of God. You stand on the word of God. And this is what separates really the immature from the mature okay the immature christian is going to get caught up on their emotions they're going to get caught up on their emotions the mature christian is going to be like yeah i feel some type of way but you know what bless god perfect example look at job right look at everything that job went through job stood on the word of god he stood on the word of god he felt what he felt and how do you know that because he tore his clothes, he's scraping himself, he's crying, he's going, through, right? He felt what he felt, but he stood on the word of God. And that is the picture, right? That's the picture of maturity. And that's the picture of someone that has their identity in Christ. You stand in Christ. You stand in what the Bible said about you. That is what matters because your emotions and you would agree your emotions go up and down you're happy one second somebody walks by or somebody drives by they cut you off or they flip you know they flip you a, a particular finger as they drive by you know <laughs> they call you some type of racial name and then all of a sudden guess what you're not happy anymore your emotions just change that fast it flipped from one side to the other but see god's word is not like that it doesn't change. His word never changes. The Bible said that heaven and earth will pass away, but not one jot or tittle of the word of God will change. It is eternal. After this planet has been destroyed and there is a new heaven and a new earth, don't you know that God's word is still going to stand? His word is eternal. It, that's it. 
It's never going to change. He's not going to be like, yeah, I changed. I got rid of the old earth and the old heaven. Let me throw this. Let me throw my word away now. I'm going to bring up a fresh new word. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Okay? It doesn't work like that. His word is eternal. It's never going to change. It never changes. So when you feel happy about yourself and you know you got it going on and this, guess what? His word didn't change about you. When you do something that you know you shouldn't have done or you do something that you know good and well was stupid and you did it anyway and it blew up in your face, you know, and now you ain't feeling all good about yourself. Do you know that God's word about you still has not changed? It doesn't change. And that is the victory, even the victory that we have in Christ, right? The Bible says, right? That's the victory. Even our faith, even our faith, the victory that we have in Christ, right? We stand on what God says about us. So even though our circumstances will change, even though the seasons will change, even though our emotions will change, and the way that we think about ourselves will change, God's word will never change. And the victory that Christ won for you and for me when he died on the cross and secured our place in Father through Jesus right? As an heir and a joint heir. That, that's our faith. It never changes. And as long as you stand on that and don't allow yourself, your mind's going to tell you that you're justified in feeling what you feel and therefore you should do X, Y, and Z. The devil is a liar. Don't fall into that trap, right? Beware the danger of the identity trap. Don't fall into that trap because see, once you fight like once you do that, the devil's got you where he wants you. He wants you to fight his fight. He wants you to fight the good fight according to his rules, not God's rules, his rules. If you do what God tells you to do, oh, you won't, you will, you'll never fall. That's what the Bible says. You'll never fall, right? You won't fall. But the moment you step out of that, and you step into your flesh and you know, I thought this and I felt this and blah, blah, blah. And you lose your identity in Christ. Oh, yeah, he got you just where he wants you. Now, oh, I flipped him over, got him in a headlock. Aha, full Nelson. He ain't going nowhere. She ain't going nowhere. I body slammed her and she ain't going nowhere. I got her pinned down now. I got him pinned down now, right? Your identity is found in Christ. Okay, I'll just say it one more time and then we're going to close out. Your identity, it's found in Christ. All right? Not your emotions, not how you feel, not what somebody told you, not what you heard about yourself when you was a little kid. No, your identity is found in Christ and it never changes. Never, never, ever, ever. Okay? So anyway, that's it. I hope this helps you. I wanted to come on and encourage you. This message was definitely longer than I usually do, but I really believe that it is um it's it's necessary. Oh, that's right. There was two messages in one also, right? So, yes, yes, yes. Okay, anyway, that's it. Hope this helps you. Uh always remember, always remember, right? Submit yourself unto God, then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Okay? So, until next time, aloha and be blessed.